<sighs> well, after two weeks of no football, oh, sorry, let me rephrase that properly. After two weeks of no club football, we are back. Richard, how are you feeling today? Oh, I'm happy to be back. Um, are you sure about that? that you, sound like, you, sound like, you sound like you're high or something. <laughs> no, no, no. It's Which country like, is appointed you doing international? I've been like, so sad about international break taking away the majority of my time and everything like that, sure. Mm. No, okay. Club football is back. Man United are back this weekend. Unfortunately, they did not play before the international ball. They are back. Now, let's look at the results from last week. Weekend before the break came around, which was the 16th. The 16th and the 18th of September, two weeks ago. Aston Villa won Southampton nil. Nottingham Forest 2, Fulham 3, which I found a very, very spectacular game because Nottingham Forest, even upon all their 1 million signing, they still can't exactly do much for themselves. It has to be said. Then, you look away from that one, you mentioned Tottenham Hotspurs beating Leicester City by 6 goals to 2. I know we predicted Leicester would lose, but nobody saw this one coming, including me. Newcastle won, Bournemouth won, Wolverhampton nil, Wolverhampton Wanderers nil, Manchester City three, casualty at the office for Man City and Pep Guardiola. Everton won, West Ham United nil, and finally, Brentford nil, Arsenal three. So now out of these seven games, let me ask you, Belumi, which one was which one was most spectacular? Which one was the most spectacular game for you before the international break? It was the Tottenham Leicester game, the Tottenham versus Leicester game. I I wasn't expecting that that scoreline, and the thing is, I saw that game. Actually, saw that game. So you know, as a as a the first half, Leicester were often and puffing. They seemed vitalized. They seemed like they knew what they wanted to do. They were causing problems in the first half. You would not know that Leicester City were the team bottom, or should I say, are the team bottom of the Premier League. They were really good. The attacking play was good. They could have, they could have, you know, they could have taken the lead. Then the second half comes, and then Spurs just puts them. And then you know the thing is, I feel like that what just killed Leicester was just their frailties, their defending from set pieces, and then they just got it wronger. From but there, I, I think apart from the set piece, apart from the set pieces, personally, my observation from that game as well is. We've been saying it over time that Kasper Schmeichel was probably the mistake that Leicester City made over the summer. And I feel like and that game, that Tottenham game was just another point, another um, another, um another evidence to prove that. That's the way I would put it. Because Danny Ward I, is nowhere near being a replacement for Schmeichel. Yes, follow me. You know, there's a goalkeeper's union. There's a goalkeeper's union. Mm. I'm sure they've not issued Danny Ward his own ID card as a goalkeeper. <laughs> Man is useless. He's totally useless. Me, he can't amateur goals. Don't, don't be annoyed. Calm down. Calm down. No, me, I, I don't have business. Me, I don't, I don't have business with them. If they like this, they can see 11. Well, anyways, in fact, let me, before, just to round up this review segment quickly, Richard, let me come to you. Now that Sonny Min has scored a hat trick before the international break, during the international break, we kept our eyes on him as well. He scored two goals as well during the international break. Is it safe to say that Son Heung-min is back and we can start bringing him back into our FPL team? Uh, no, no, no. We shouldn't bring him into our FPL team. The rest of you shouldn't. I already have him in mind. 
So the rest of you should just stay away from him and don't. Can you can you, can you people imagine what kind of evil I am dealing with on this podcast? <laughs> because come on, everybody knew that. So just a matter of time, so so come back. Same for another player that I will not mention his name because I don't have the strength for. Just call Musala. Don't be scared. Just call Musala. I have zero business with Musala. <clears throat> so I think it's Rashford. I'm talking about no, Rashford. Is, Rashford is informed now. Rashford is informed. Rashford is the Premier League player of the month of September. So, yeah, it's looking good. Ah, boy, my boy, my boy, our, 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 our boy, see them. our see them MB. See them, see, see them now. Claiming man, you don't worry. When man, you in fact, just to round up, just let's round up this. If you were below me from last weekend, I'm pretty sure you had a very, very bad, bad footballing era because. Last, last before the international break, Bayern Munich is 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 several Bayern Munich lost to Augsburg, his AC Milan lost to Napoli, his Manchester United did not play. Then during the international break, <laughs> during the international Ow. break, his Germany lost to Hungary, his Germany bought with the two goal lead <laughs> to relegated <Adam>. England. <laughs> Adam, I needed <laughs> Adam. Talk the, to me, talk to me. The two games. Against Hungary, in the second half, the performance was even better. We created chances. Against England, it was that was the game that hurt the most. Because that England team in the Nations League, they were dead and buried. England mm. turned out to be everybody's weeping boys. And I don't know why, why we couldn't beat England. Well, and why, why well, we are... And, and, I know how you feel. One agreement. Believe me. Believe me. Anybody that let's is his first win of the season, the way you feel right now is the way they would feel. Believe me. That's the way it's going to be. But... All in all, we've had very, very good relaxation period for two weeks. But now, welcome back to the hypertension of FPL, the anticipation of good football, and everything that's the Premier League. In fact, Champions League is coming this mid is coming this midweek, so we have a lot in store to talk about. So we are going to be coming back in a few seconds. Grab your popcorn, grab your drinks if you're EPs, water you want to drink, whichever one you want to drink. We are coming back in a few seconds. If you if you love if you, this 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 is personally why me I love English football personally it's because of weekends like this that you know that that you know that you are going to be on your screen from Saturday twelve thirty when the kickoff of the game week starts to the end of the game week on Monday night by eight pm because this these guys these guys the strategy in the arrangement of the games is perfect let me let me just just for you to understand what I'm saying let me read out the pictures for you Arsenal Tottenham not London derby twelve thirty on Saturday. 3 p.m. Go Rush on Saturday. Bournemouth against Brentford. Crystal Palace against Chelsea. That's another London debut right there. Fulham against Newcastle. Liverpool against Brighton. Southampton against Everton. Those games are 3 p.m. kickoffs. That is 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 games at 3 p.m. kickoffs. To end Saturday, we now have West Ham against Wolverhampton Wanderers. On Sunday, this is now another round. Personally, I'm, I'm going to have a moment of confusion here because if you are a Formula 1 person, the race on Sunday is by 1 p.m. 2 p.m. on the same Sunday, you have to watch Manchester debut. So, how you want to do it, how I want to do it, I don't know yet. But God, he guide me through. Manchester City against Manchester United, 2 p.m. on Sunday. Leeds United against Aston Villa is 4.30 p.m. on Sunday. Then to wrap up the game week on Monday night is Leicester City against Nottingham Forest. Now, let me pick it up from the last one. Leicester City against Nottingham Forest. Let me put it to you guys straight. Is this Leicester City's chance to finally pick a point, to finally pick their win? In the Premier League and maybe get their season running because of course we know that Nottingham Forest are not exactly in the best of form so it might just be 
opportunity to actually get your season running if they can get it right. So my question is, can they get it right? Richard, let me talk to you. Um, currently, the teams in question, Leicester City and Nottingham Forest, are basically playing the worst football. Richard, please, can you speak up a bit? Like, oh, all right. I said, oh, yeah, the thing is this, both teams in question are playing the worst football in the Premier League right now. They are both shitty, mm. average, less than average sides, worse than Norwich of last season. And... <laughs> So even I don't know if anybody will be watching that game. It's just gonna be depressing because it's probably going to end in a draw because they are. It's a game. It's a game of 20th against 19th on the table. That that that's how bad it is right now. Well, Sorry, I didn't catch that clearly, Richard. Yeah. Did you? Okay. Do you know what I said? I said it's really, really just going to be a depressing game because they are both so useless that they can't beat each other. Like Leicester can't mm. even take a win, even if Nottingham Forest hand it over to them. And Nottingham Forest will probably mm. just run into their forest and hide the game. So depressing. For a team mm. that made 17 transfers or 27,000 transfers. I think I think the, the, the actual number is 23. Should be 23 transfers, yes. Both loan and complete and so they, bought an... they bought an entire squad, yes. They bought first level and back up, and they are 19th. Anyway, maybe it would have been 20th. <clears throat> <laughs> well, let's move away from that one. Now, let's talk about the big one. The first game of the game week is not London Derby. Why this one is interesting is where, first of all, the both teams are in good forms, Arsenal are top of the table. Tottenham are in the running as well. If I'm not, they are also unbeaten in the league. They are league put Arsenal are on top. Tottenham are third, and they are only they are joint second rather, but they are third because of based on goal difference. Manchester City have a better goal difference, why Manchester City are second. So it's looking quite interesting when you look at it from the form guide and all the num and all the numbers and all that. Now let's look into what their previous results have looked like in recent times. Last season, Arsenal won one London North London Derby at the Emirates. The, other one was won by Tottenham, 3-0. I remember Arsenal won their own by three goals to one in that in, in that in the in the earlier part of the season as well, where Bukayo Saka, Aubameyang, and Bukayo and Emil Smith were the goal scorers for Arsenal. So Son Heung-min got, got the consolation for Tottenham in that game. Now you look at the second one. Harry Kane was all over the place. He scored in that game. Son Heung-min was also among the goals in that game. So now, follow me. Based on what I have just brought out now, you look at the statistics. Of course, we know that. When it comes to most of these derbies and whatever, your form doesn't really come to count. Where exactly does this game swing? For me, for me, for this, for this not London derby, I'm backing Tottenham for a win. I don't know, but that's, I, a, that's a very bold move, right there. Yeah, but I feel like I feel like Tottenham are presently. Um, I feel like Tottenham are more mature than Arsenal. Fine, Tottenham have shown this season that they can be very up and down, very up and down. But the thing is, they do not really lose matches. Fine, their displays are not exactly pleasing on the eye. But then they do not... Like, their first loss and their only loss of the season was the loss to Sporting in the, in the, Champions, yeah, in the Champions League. League. So it's not like they, they, they lose matches. They know how to just grind out results. So I'm backing Tottenham to win. 
Okay. Tottenham to win, not even. So you're not giving Arsenal any chance? No, no, Tottenham, Tottenham to win. I see them as a more mature squad than the Arsenal squad. Just well, it's, it's, sure. it's a good thing to note. It's, sorry, follow me. It's a good thing to note that, like I mentioned, Hurricane though so far this season, he's not exactly been top-notch, and I mean Hurricane the explosive type, but he's been consistent. The goals have come in, the assists here and there. He's found a way to actually be the man for Tottenham. And now, like I was saying earlier in the, in the review section, saw you may score the hat-trick before the international break. When you do the international break, scored an extra two goals, which means it's looking like Son is actually picking up some momentum. Personally, right now, I'm in a dilemma to bring in Son prior to this game or after this game. I'm thinking about, of course, I'm supposed to have sold Salah. I know I'm supposed to have sold Salah. But I'm still keeping him for some reason, just hanging on. And I feel like yeah. this is going to be that threshold game. That threshold game for me. Because if Salah does not perform against Brighton and Overbion, I will be forced to move him on. And Son, you mean, with his, with his form right now, just sounds perfect to bring in. If you're an FPL manager, of course, let's start looking in the same direction. I'm pretty sure most of you said, I saw some of you. I have to put it out there for you now, for those of you that listen to me. Some of you are using juice, you are using you are using juju for this FPL thing. I'm hearing that some of you are captaining Son. You, some, some of you captain Son against Leicester City. How do you know that I was going to score a trick? Let me, tell me in the comment section. Send an audio voice note. Text me on Twitter my, or anywhere. My guy, Captain Son. But his own was more of... I um. That he didn't, he didn't actually set his team, so the armband was on Son. Then Son just called. Well, I, I had people that actually told me that it was their move, like they did it with their full chest. Son that had not scored all season, and that was the day you chose. Son, that day, you know, he did not even start in that game against Leicester City. He was bench, he was just by Antonio Conti. So, so those of you that captained him, come and tell me. Find me on Twitter, John Champion Junior, J O N Champion J N R, no space, nothing. Find me on Twitter. Leave an audio message under this recording. Let me know what was living in your chest when you chose to captain Son. Let's let's move away from that one. Liverpool against Brighton. Normally, normally we would open and shut this case and say that Liverpool would win. But Brighton are on the ascendancy and Liverpool are struggling this season. So it is worth talking about that we actually look into this game. So now, my question is that, where are we looking? Because <laughs> Brighton <laughs> are fought on the table right now. Liverpool are eight. Richard, talk to me. Um, let's also put in perspective, regardless, that Liverpool is still a big side, irrespective of their um, aura defending and Richard. So okay. A lot of things are bound. Yeah, I said. I said um, they are aura defending and they are aura attack attacking display mm. has left people bewildered. But still, um, you should also know that Potter has left Brighton and this is a new manager. And each of his players, I think that about ten of his players went and went to play for their national team, so they will not have adapted to his mentality and everything. So it's going to be difficult mm. for Brighton to just assert themselves. So. Liverpool can easily steal a win. Liverpool is not. Mm. Liverpool is not what? Sorry, yeah. I didn't catch that last line. Ah, oh, Richard, are you? I'm struggling. Well, can you pick it up, please? For me, 
for me, I think what he wanted to say was like, Liverpool isn't that team. That's why he used the word still. It's not, he's not entirely convinced that they would win. And I actually, I, I'm of the same school of thought too, you know. I don't, if Liverpool would win, I don't expect them to just whitewash Brighton. The only, the only hesitancy that I have. Okay, welcome back. Well, let me please finish up. Let's. Yeah, yeah. The only hesitancy I have about Brighton is because they've just appointed a new manager, and I do not know if they would have, you know, if they are going to enjoy the new manager bounce or they get, they will not have adapted fast enough to his to his style, to his okay. philosophy. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about Graham Potter and his newly assigned job. That's moving from Brighton to Chelsea now. Graham Potter has left Brighton. He is now the manager of Chelsea. And unfortunately, in his first game, not the league, but against um, in, his, in the UEFA Champions League, they did not exactly find it so smooth in his first game in charge. This is the Premier League. And he's facing a Patrick Vieira that is not just this season. From last season, we've said it that Patrick Vieira's Crystal Palace are becoming a force to reckon with. Unfortunately, this season for them, it's not exactly gone their way. They are 16th on the log. Chelsea, with all their dwindling bad and the banter and all the scrutiny that they've come under, under Thomas Tuchel, they are 7th on the league table. Crystal Palace are 16th. So, is it going to be new manager straight up into the job for um, Graham Potter against Crystal Palace that are not exactly strong? And I'm looking at the last three results. The last three results in the league between these two, between these two teams. A 1-1 win for Chelsea, a 3-0 win for Chelsea, and a 1-0 win for Chelsea. So, Adam, is it, is it an open and short case? Adam. Yeah, but let me go ahead. Yes. In the last in the last 10 matches between Chelsea and Crystal Palace, Chelsea have won all 10 matches. It's not just the last three matches. In the last 10 matches, Chelsea have won all. Wow. Actually, I'm looking at it now and... The last time Crystal Palace got the result against Chelsea, wow, the 14th of October 2017. <laughs> it's been that long. So, so you're not giving Crystal Palace any chance. Is that, is that it? No, nah, no, nah, I think Chelsea will win. Chelsea will win. Richard, how many goals are you expecting then? I see a draw in the match, though, because you're not exactly talking about a super manager or a top class manager talking about Grand Potter is Vera is probably better than him but he might be able to squeeze out a draw because hmm. this is noise. Now the good news the good news is this match that we're about to talk about now is the I don't know. Yeah it's the biggest match of the match week and it is still giving me a headache actually because I have a few players in consider actually just one player, Ellen Broth Haaland. In my FPL team, that is giving me a worry. Normally, I would easily captain Ellen, but this is a Manchester United side that wow. In in, I would say yes, they are on a resurgence. That's I think that's that's how I would define it. City are second on the league table. United are fifth on the league table. Let us talk about the Manchester derby, and I want the both of you to speak about this. Two seasons ago, Manchester City were not able to get a result against this Manchester United side. It was. It was home and away for Manchester City. United won 2-0 at the Etihad and a goalless draw at the Old Trafford. Now you come to last season. United were nowhere near scoring a result against Manchester City. 
Man City won 2 0 at Old Trafford and 4 1, a very, very notorious 4 1 win in their last meeting at the, at the Etihad Stadium. Now we come to this season. Manchester United had a very, very bad start. But they found a way to turn it around in the last few games. In their last four games or so, they won all their games straight. So it's looking good for them. 12 points out of a possible 18 is not exactly bad, considering how they started the season. Manchester City, on the other hand, are still unbeaten in the league. They have won five and they have drawn two of their seven games, which puts them at at 16, sorry, pardon me now, at 17 points out of a possible 21. They are second only to Arsenal, who have won six of their seven games. Ellen Rotherland is on fire. Kevin De Bruyne, the names run on for Manchester City. Haaland, De Bruyne, Bernardo, Mares, Gondowan, and the likes. On the Manchester United side, it might not just it might not be the same, but they found a way to make it work. Eric Ten Hag has found a way to make it work. Rashford, like I mentioned earlier, is the Premier League player of September. So it's looking good. Rashford, Fernandez is throwing the passes. Ericsson, for all you can hate Manchester United as a rival fan, and this is talking to Chelsea and Arsenal fans right now. For all you can hate Marcus Rashford, um, pardon me, for all you can hate Christian, for all you can hate Manchester United, you have to look Christian Ericsson. He is up there. He is one of the best right now when it comes to when it comes to distribution and ball moving in the Premier League right now. So now, where do we stand? Although my, I have to confess that Manchester United's defense is not might not be as solid. Well, let's let's look at it all in all. Richard, let me start with you. All right, thank you, Adam. Um, first of all, I would like to let you know why Ericsson is loved. It's because he doesn't have a heart. Everybody's giving him their heart. So. That, that, that's 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 very interesting. That aside, Go ahead. <laughs> that aside, um, it's a Manchester derby. Cannot exactly just say this one. Now the biggest club in the history of England, as was the team that is maybe trying to live off the noisy neighbors, and they bought Alan and it's worrying. It's scary because. He scores every game and he's breaking records and he bullies defenders and just gets away with everything. But we're talking about a Manchester United side that all of a sudden have found their perfect centre-back pairing, the the Vidic Ferdinand of the modern era, the Ramos Varane. Oh, coincidentally, Varane is still there. Uh, the only problem I would see with um, Manchester United in this game is somewhere around their yeah, attack because the fluidity in the Masters' defense is something that would leave players like Cristiano Ronaldo if he starts or he's not resigned to his seat on the bench. Rashford and maybe Jadon Sancho, three players really charge forwards. They don't they don't really understand the high pressing game. So if you don't press Manchester City with your forwards then they get a chance to attack you. And once Manchester City can do that, it's over. The game is over. So if Manchester United want a result from this game, they should ensure that the players they put up front are mobile, faster, and can finish their chances, not players like Elanga. And mm. possibly we can even squeeze out a win. Anything other than that is mm. lost in the match. <laughs> All right. But let me... What is going to happen by 2 p.m.? Sorry, by the time the game ends on on Sunday by 4 p.m. or 3.45, somewhere there, on, what exactly are you expecting as a result at the Etihad Stadium? I cannot I cannot come here and call the results just like that because 
for one, it is it is Manchester City. We still have to remember it is Manchester City. Manchester City are a well well old machine. Then they f- they went to finally bring in the missing cog, Elingaland, and now they feel better than <laughs> before because there is this Alan that even no matter how bad things get, just creates it will score. Just creates it will score as far as you create for it. I mean, you look at the game against Crystal Palace that we're down by two goals to nil. Was it two nil or mm-hmm. one nil? And then the two next nil. thing. Yeah, it was 2 new. Yeah. And then the next thing, they just created for Alland. He scores one. They create again. He scores another. And then from there, they won. So, so it, you know, it's scary with Alland, to be very honest. As much as I like him, this is not the match where I want to face him or I want to see him play. No, I want to see him score. Alland is, Alland is scary. <laughs> but but I, I, have to, I have to acknowledge that United's back four, I mean, if it is the regular, the new found pairing of Varane, Malasia, Martinez, and Dalot, they are pretty solid. Everybody's really ups their game. Everybody, and thankfully, Ari Maguire is out, three injuries. So that's even very relieving. So we know that no matter how bad things get, even if someone picks up an injury overnight, Maguire will not still start against Elinga. Believe me, are you scared? Are you scared of your club captain? <laughs> I, I'm scared of my I'm scared of my club captain playing against me. Yeah. I still you know, <laughs> let me crack you up. In the Germany versus England match, when when he fouled um, Musiala, that Musiala, that Germany had the penalty. I told I told my neighbor, I said, let Maguire play the penalty for Germany. He will score England. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it, it, it's beautiful actually. The, the thing is, I, I, at this point, I would be honest. I've, in fact, I am one of the biggest magazines, and it's like every time we feel like, okay, he has done the height of being criticized, he comes up again and does something that makes you even open a fresh chapter in the criticism textbook and be like, wow, this guy has done it again. It's it's alarming at this point. But looking at the statistics quickly to round up on the English Premier League. On the goals, of course, Ellen Holland pulling away from everybody. Ellen Holland, 11 goals, five goals clear already of anybody else. Harry Kane, six, Alexander Mitrovic, six. Ivan Tony with five goals to his name. On the assist charts, Kevin De Bruyne has six, Bukayo Saka has four, Roberto Firmino, Gabriel Jesus, Jack Harrison, Kulusevsky, Bernardo Silva, Ivan Perisic, Kenny Tete. That's a quite, that's a quite interesting one, actually. If you're looking for a differential, you might look into Kenny Tete or Fulham. Alongside Granizaka, all have don't three assists to their name. Don't be deceived by Tete. If he gives one assist, he collects a yellow card and concedes two goals. That's happened to me three oh, okay. times now. Adam. Uh-huh. Yes, by the way. That, that talk about Tony having five goals, don't make it sound like Tony has been scoring all season. He scored two two goals in like 1-1 one, one, and then scores one actually in one match. So it's not like Tony is the most consistent of players. I have him in my FPL and I was thinking of beating him oh. before he scored. So don't... Before we leave the Premier League now, let me ask you the greatest question that me, I'm having issues with right now. Me, I'm having issues with this thing. So let me ask you people. Number one, who are, the only question I have is, who are you calculating? Because my front line now, I have Kane, I have Jesus, I have Haaland. Haaland is playing against Manchester United and it becomes tricky to, to trust him who would have been the easy pick. Gabriel Jesus is playing against Tottenham, and that is a derby game. I don't exactly know how to go. 
Kane is also playing against Arsenal. It's difficult to pick. Although again has a good good goal scoring record against Arsenal in the North London Derby. It's it's been scientifically proven he's the goal is the all-time goal scorer when it comes to North London Davies. He has the most goals in that fixture. But at the same time, I'm not sure it is trustworthy enough for me to put him as a captain. Normally, if Liverpool were informed, I would have easily just gone with Mosala against Brighton. I mean, it's easy, it's Mosala. But now I have a problem because Liverpool are not informed. This well, now Adam, brings me to the question: Who do I captain? In fact, who are you people captain? You, Richard. Well, start with <laughs> oh, okay, Bring us up to speed. Adam, firstly, firstly, I need to ask you: Did FPL borrow you extra money than the hundred million with everybody? <laughs> Let me think about my life. I said De Bruyne, Kane and Alan in one team with Jesus. I have I only have four of them. I only have four of them. I have Kane, Alan, Jesus, and Salah. Yes. How do you have that four? Who are the what? Because that's already like fifty. That already half of the half of the funds. That's what you call good financial management. I'm the one that knows I'll arrange the rest of my so team. So who, who are your defenders? Who are your defenders? Don't tell me what happens. No, but I have James. I have his James of Chelsea. Maybe, maybe Adam, has, Adam has opened on that list. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just good financial management now. Okay, let me, okay, let me just... Let me, whole squad. let me just read out my whole squad for you to hear. Let me just read out my whole squad. I have Nick Pope in goal. I have William Saliba. I have Kieran Trippier. I have Rich James. My midfield, I have Jack Harrison. I have Andreas Pereira. I have Martinelli. I have Salah. And in attack, I have Gabriel Jesus, Kane, and Haaland. My bench is pretty much non-existent. I mean, of course, three of, the, three of the players on the bench are actually starting players. Ortega is Manchester United. Is Manchester United's second goalkeeper or third goalkeeper at this point? I don't even know. The point is, Ortega is my, is my second goalkeeper, which, of course, we know that he's not going to get any minutes. Johan Visa of, of Brentford is my first is my extra midfielder. I have Emerson of West Ham United, and I have Patterson of, of Everton. Interesting. All your players start except your goalkeeper. How? I said, like I said. Adam has opened the lever. Adam has opened the lever. Yes, the question. Back to the question. How <laughs> do I sort out my captaincy for this week? Don't ask Captain me. Jacarison. You are so good with your finances. Sort out your captaincy yourself. <laughs> Captain Jacarison. Oh yeah, Richard, 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 talk to me. It's true, I'm thinking about buying Son. Son is cheaper than Salah, so that will free up some funds. But I need Salah to blank first to actually give me that certainty that I'm not making a mistake financially. Okay, who are you people captaining? Let me not ask you about myself. But let me, who are you captaining for this game? Um, presently, my armband is on Alan, though. I swear. You know, I've said it now. I've said it. Alan is my ride or die. Okay. <laughs> no matter where this guy is taking me to, we are going to get together. <laughs> Richard, Richard, are you on the same boat? <laughs> no, 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 no. I've been, I've been on the Alan ship since the beginning of season. But for this match against Manchester United, I just have this sinking feeling that the most he would do is an assist. So I think I'm giving Son my captains. Son against Arsenal. That's also very tricky. Keep our mind, child. Anyhow, everything is risk. Now, let's now come to, excuse me, let's now come to the UEFA Champions League. 
<laughs> Let me read out the fixtures from this coming weekend, this coming midweek. Bayern Munich against Victoria Pleasant. Olympic Marseille against Sporting Lisbon. Liverpool against Rangers. Ajax against Napoli. That's the talking point number one. FC Porto against Leverkusen. Club Boga against Atletico Madrid. Inter Milan against Barcelona. Number two. Easily, I said Barca, but it's looking interesting for some reason. So we'll get, back, we'll get to that in a few seconds. Frankfurt against Tottenham. Salzburg against Dynamo Zagreb. Leipzig against Celtic. Chelsea against Mians. Belumis, dear AC Milan. Real Madrid against Shakhtar Donetsk. Sevilla against Dortmund. Manchester City against Copenhagen. And then, final group, we have Juventus against Maccabi Haifa and Benfica against PSG. Now, let's start from the beginning again. The first talking point, Ajax against Napoli. Richard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can hear you. I said Ajax against Napoli. Where do we stand? Ah, it's tricky considering how both sides have actually played this season in the in the Champions League. So I feel, and even in their leagues, I think they are both top in their leagues currently. So it's going to be a no, tough Napoli. clash. Napoli is top. Napoli are joint top. I think they are on the same number. No, Atalanta. Atalanta is top. Napoli is second, but just. It's better. It's a better goal difference then. Yeah. Okay. 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 Well, they're actually performing, so it's gonna be a nice clash. It's totally different. Um, tactical philosophies. It's Ajax playing the total Dutch football, and Napoli relying on super fast wingers and a mighty centre forward that can do and undo. So. Well, Simon is not team. around at the moment. I'm not. I can't confirm his injury news, but last time I bothered. I know he suffered an injury, so he's not exactly available. Okay, so predominantly, whoever controls the midfield controls the game. Okay, okay, okay. But let me, let's talk about Inter Milan against Barcelona. Why this one is worth discussion is not... Okay, apparently it is worth discussion because, of course, both of them are big boys. But it's normally would have... In fact, let me start with you. Consider now that Barcelona have injury issues. It's beginning to look like they are going to be wrinkles in Javi's Javi's playing white. Let me put it that way. Ronald Araujo is has just undergone surgery two days ago. He's looking. He's looking like a long way to recover. Even the World Cup right now, he's not exactly hundred percent certain he would be there. Jules Kounde is out for the two legs against Inter Milan. The El Clasico, we are not sure yet if he's going to be available. Frankie De Jong has also suffered something during the international break. Memphis Depay suffered something during the international break as well. Usman Dembele was out. reported. Bellerin is also exactly, it was confirmed yesterday that Bellerin is not exactly in the fittest form. Sergio Roberto is on the clock when it comes to the medicals. They say he's ready, but they are not giving him the medical green light. On the other hand, I mentioned Memphis Depay. Usman Dembele also, saw, also got something in the French national team, but it was said that it was going to be fine. They called it a discomfort, that it was nothing to worry about. So, with all these names stepping out of the Barca team, going to the hospital, where exactly is it going to be like? Is it going to be a trouble in the paradise for Jazz very soon? Of of course, no, of course, of course. I do not exactly rate Barcelona against like a big big team, like a performing team, even a, a Bayern Munich team that's not informed beat them. So, as for Barcelona against Inter Milan, I'm looking at a draw in that match. I'm looking at a draw. 
But let me say it, he's looking at a draw. But on the other hand, Liverpool, Inter Milan themselves, their form in the league has been half interesting. Let me let me put it that way. Because they've lost to AC Milan. You will say what the opponents. They've lost to AC Milan. They've lost to Lazio. They've lost to Lazio. They lost to Udinese just the international break. It's, it's, it's interesting. But at the end of the that day, we'll see what happens on Tuesday. Up. That much was it said. That for... So they picked up because... <laughs> for people that play bets, you should know that that match they gave Inter Milan two points for um odds to win, and it was strange. And then the first thirty seconds, Barella scores, and then you are like, wow, okay, free odds, only for the game to end three one. <laughs> it was <laughs> terrible. <laughs> he just said he was a setup. Away from that, Chelsea against AC Milan. Balumi, tell me what's going to happen in this one. I don't know about Milan, but tell, but tell me. It's a Milan win. It's a Milan win. No time. No time. No time. No you, time. Know, you know, you know, it's Stanford Bridge, right? You, but you know, it's Stanford Bridge. No time, bro. It's a Milan win. We'll, we'll go Richard. to, we'll go to Zero to and win. Richard, Richard, let's talk. Yeah, talking about Stanford Bridge, like the manager is is a top manager. It's Grand Potter. It's Milan straight win, killing, murder. Assassination. He would never, he would never read this Chelsea again. I don't understand. Chelsea's last on that defense, team. No, actually, it's slim win for Milan. Not like uh, a big win. I mean, personally, I, feel, I'm, I mean, I'm also giving Milan the advantage, but I'm not saying they would just walk into Stanford just grab all three points. My only, if I was going to even be, I would say, okay, Milan at least should leave it in points, and if they actually do it right, they actually get the tactics and everything on points. They should leave with three points. If but we, if we, if, has even said nobody here Adam, has even said Milan will take a draw or Chelsea will take a draw. You can't even Adam, give them a chance. Adam, if Milan starts yeah. that game with David Calabria, Milan will win. But if we start with that boy that you people loaned us from Barcelona, we will not win. Because disaster <laughs> waiting to happen. Disaster, disaster. <laughs> Actually, disaster. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, I'm pretty sure Stefano Pioli will listen to this and take from and take and drink and drink a little a little sip from your wisdom cups. Now the final game. I this one is ah, it's interesting. Uh, yeah, I think I would define that as interesting. The both of them have six points. Benfica have six points. PSG have six points. Although you would say Benfica took six, their second three points off an unfortunate Juventus, but at the same time they both have six points. When you now, say unfortunate, when you say unfortunate, you make it sound like Juventus had the red card or COVID suddenly befell the squad or something. They are a useless team. They're not like unfortunate. <laughs> they are not good enough. No, no, no. <laughs> the context is all about context now. When it says unfortunate, everybody knows they are unfortunate. Like you understand? I don't want to say to you, but I don't want to offend your viewers. <laughs> 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 I, I didn't want to talk. No, but seriously, what, what, let's, let's come into this game. They, they are not exactly this bad for themselves. Let's be honest. I mean, their first game, they won. Their second game, with all the Juventus... Juventus had a very bright start to that game. It's not like I think Juventus started badly. They were down. But they made it work. I mean, you would say, yes, Juventus maybe presented it to them on the gold platter. They doing do the little bit. But it still, it still takes quite some... Quite some... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for now? might some some chest some mind uh-huh. for you to go and say that okay is juventus this is juventus you are playing against you don't just step up to them and be like okay let's let's go for it it still takes some 
level of courage. But on the other hand, the trio at Paris, we know that Messi is informed, Messi is enjoying life. Neymar has already won those at the beginning of the season and said everything is going in. And so far, everything is going in. Eight goals, seven assists. Kylian Mbappe no, getting the goals. No, this season, this season, Neymar, this 12 season, goals, 10 assists. Oh, I sound corrected. That means, that, that means I was thinking about his league then. That means I was only mentioning his league form by saying 12, by saying 8 7. Yeah, yeah. I, I, okay. So now, that, that is our final talking point right now. Benfica against Paris Saint Germain. Well, let me let me start with you. I see a draw in that game. A draw. As much as as much as I want PSG to win because of Lionel, Andres, Messi, the goat, you know. But I think that game. If if Benfica come to that game and bring up and bring all their fire. Benfica may actually beat PSG because PSG have shown that that team doesn't have fire. They have they have a lot of big names, they have star players, but then they they don't play like a team that has passion. You just see them even when they are not playing well. Everybody just seems to glide around. Messi tries to pick passes. Mbappe is just strolling. Neymar is just trying to dribble, dribble, dribble. Once everything goes wrongly for PSG, there's no. I don't see any player in that team that really goes over to the players and says. Okay, you know what? Let's do this. Let's pull ourselves out of this. If you saw that, if you saw the um, the Juventus game, you've, PSG were lucky to get go away with a win. And there was a time where it 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 was obvious that PSG lost control of the game. And there was no a player in that team that went and said, "Okay, you know what? We're doing things wrongly. Let us let us get back on track. Let us get back on this." Nah, they didn't show that passion. It's just that Juventus now. You know, when you have Allegri as a manager, that's already inviting unfortunate, you know, in misfortune wow. upon you. Wow. Wow. So now we are blaming Allegri. Now, Allegri is not good enough. Do you see their style of play? 5-0-5 or 5-5-0. Okay. Play like... Follow me, big this, this discussion is over. Follow me, big sad. If you look at their players, it's more... That, that's the end of it. Follow me, that's enough. Follow me, that's enough. I'm not going to have you disrespect one of Italy's finest managers on my podcast. <laughs> you say, you say <laughs> it's one of Italy's... What's your call prediction? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I see a draw too, not gonna lie. A draw or PSG may be squeezing out a win. And there's no idea they are squeezing it out. It's not as if they are exceptional. Everybody is informed, like the front three and the back the back the back line comparing yeah. Marquinhos and Sergio Ramos is is what is not exactly what we thought it to be, but it's it's working out and Everything is nice, but then if you look at the PSG side, they don't have a defined pattern of play. When they brought in um, Christophe Gautier, immediately I laughed and said, they brought in a figurehead. Like, it's someone that will just be there and will not challenge the prowess or the hmm. powers of a certain um, Argentine dwarf. No offense, but that I, I have taken, we, we have taken offense because this is, this is an imbalance fight. No, it's two against one. You have to listen to what I'm saying, Fez. You have to listen to what I'm saying. He's a dwarf now. Okay. <laughs> okay this is, I'm, this pretty, is I'm pretty sure our listeners will come for you. Rich, if, if you are looking for Richard on Twitter, Richard, what's your Twitter handle again? Is it not underscore I am reaching? Yeah, yeah. Good. Okay. You can go up. underscore I am Richie. R- you can report the account. I I support it. Let's show you the fans of the Dwarf are giants. 
Wow. Last season, last season when um, Messi wasn't having a good time and Pochettino took him off several times, you see, there was, like I say, there were issues, there were skirmishes, and there were there was there was a form of bad blood. But then this season, I don't see Messi as picked up for me. I picked up for but there are some times in the match that okay, it's okay, it's time for Messi to go out. Like it shows. Showing the fatigue, the exhaustion, everything. But the manager cannot. This manager doesn't have the mind or the F1 treating. Okay, take Lionel out. Because he did it. He did it at the start of the season. He came out and Messi was visibly disgusted. And since that time, mm. he hasn't even attempted it again. So, Christophe Gautier there doesn't even have a tactic that is playing by. He's, if you watch your last game before the um, before the international break against mm. Zero Rimes, that they squeeze out the one zero one nil against um, um Sadi Okay, yeah, yeah. So they were basically just playing like I don't say big man football. You understand when you are playing football and then I just play like let me say no passion. Everybody's just playing. Like, okay, let's just play. Let's get it over with. Let's get over with and get our pay. Get our one million. 1.2 million <laughs> uh, 1 million Messi and Neymar Richard, uh, Richard we are in our final minute of this podcast let's, how is let's round this up <laughs> well it's alright yeah. so it's probably going to end the draw or they will squeeze out the win because of maybe Messi's brilliance or maybe one stupidly amazing run from Kylian Mbappe other than that mm-hmm. just pin it down as a draw ladies and gentlemen I've given you my own Twitter handle. You don't need to come and fight me or report my account. Me, I just want to know why you captain Son Heung-min against Leicester City when you know that he was not informed. He has not scored all through the season. My Twitter handle is J O N Champion J N R. No underscores, no full stops, nothing. Just combine it together. I'm the person you are looking at in the profile picture. For Richard, if you want to report him as far as a Messi fan boy, I want to report him for calling your goat dwarf, Argentine dwarf, in, in, in quotes. <laughs> It is underscore I am Richie. Put the underscore, then you know, right? I A M, then R I T C H I E. You will see his, uh, you will see his, uh, what's it called? His Twitter name is Poet of Manchester. If you see that, just know that it's Richard you're looking for. For Palumi, it is, Palumi is Lion. Palumi, please go ahead. I think I'm mixing your own up. Yes, definitely, definitely. Lions don't compare themselves to humans. Relax. Continue. Let me call you. Don't worry. <laughs> It is it is Lions Pixel underscore on Twitter. Follow me. He did not call anybody a dwarf. You are the one that offended. You are the one that offended Twitter for you are the one that offended football Twitter like this. I'm not sure if anybody listens to this, they are going to report you. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening to Tetra Podcast. It's always a pleasure to be here. Richard, let's begin to our house. Let's begin to our house. Please. Please. That's enough. <laughs> Thank you very much for being here. It's always a pleasure to have you guys around. Leave your voice messages as comments. If you want to find us on Twitter, we are doing our Twitter handles. Talk to us. We are always active. We will see you next week.